hope you enjoyed this episode of the Career Disruptors, Career Disruptors. podcast. If, if you did, please head over to who are not afraid to challenge the status quo. And if you challenge assumptions next and step push in your the career boundaries and you want to discover how I can help you, I'm Head Coach Caroline Bikipa, empowering Wise professionals to build confidence and, and discover them the how we can work together to go up down the career they want and deserve. This Thanks again is and I'll connect with you on the next or live stream because I know that many of you just love to listen to the juicy content. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello guys, it's Caroline Career and Leadership Coach and today I have a special guest to introduce you all to and uh, Rachel is joining us and is going to talk about mindset so Rachel is a performance and mindset coach and I will let her do the introduction about herself Yes. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you for having me, and hello, everybody. Um, so yes, my name is Rachel Hamlin. I'm coming to you live from Los Angeles, California today. I am a mindset and performance coach and also an EFT practitioner. That's the emotional freedom technique, which I will touch on briefly today. And um, I'm also somebody with a deep corporate background. I spent eight years working as a brand strategist and then a product manager in the tech world. So a range of startups, B2B, B2C, most recently was in the blockchain space. Um, you might say corporate in air quotes because <laughs> that was about as corporate <laughs> coaching work and therapy and healing and all the things that I'm on to now. Yeah. Uh, but I was in an office and I can definitely identify and align with a lot of people who are listening, who are job searching, who are looking for their next yeah. promotion, who are strategizing in all the ways for how they can improve their career and get better results. Um, and what I love to share with people as a mindset coach today is about the subtler factors in their success. My whole goal as a mindset coach is to help people achieve their goals, get their results, whatever they may be, and do it in a way that feels a little bit more easeful, a little bit more relaxed, and allows them a little bit more personal happiness and freedom. And yeah. the simple secret to that is that it's all about your perspective. It really is. All of the good change, all of the most important change we can make starts within. And it's so much more about our head and our thoughts and our management of our full beings as people, as, as whole beings, than it is necessarily about our strategies and all the left brain thinking and analyzing and, and tactical planning that we commit ourselves to in order to make these goals real. Uh, I love that because like we, we discussed this before, um, but I can teach my clients all the tactics in the world, but if they don't have the right mindset, it's really, it's, it's, it's hopeless mm -hmm. and they're going to be stuck and not going to be able to, to move forward. And today we see a lot of uncertainty in the market, uh, not only with uh, people that are in between jobs or unemployed uh, uh, for whatever reason, but also like people that like no they're stuck in their job and they can't go anywhere and so there's a lot of uncertainty that starts affecting the mindset because it's not only your your work that has changed but it's also like your uh your house like you're suddenly working at home you're suddenly like having your partner and your kids there and you have like all these certain circumstances have changed and you're spinning all these different plates and it starts to affect you and how you feel and your emotions and uh so it's a normal thing, but it's it's so important now that we take that and think about, okay, what do we do with it instead of like wiping it under the carpet and just pretending that it never happens? Yes, absolutely agree. And I think the first step for everybody is just to actually become aware of how important it is and to become aware of how much influence their thoughts and their mind has over them and has over their reaction to things and their behaviors and the way that therefore people end up responding to them as well, right? We have a lot more control over our realities than we feel like we do. Um, and it starts yeah. with making really simple choices and how we view the world. And a lot of it, like you touched on, I mean, this is a really tough context that we're in right now. I, I, I don't deny anybody that. There are fewer jobs. Um, working from home is difficult. We've had to make a whole lot of rapid overnight changes to things that we never foresaw coming. Um, and it's been tough. Like it's been stressful, it's been depressing, it's been demotivating, it's, it's all the things, right? Um, yeah. And yet still the most empowering thing I know is that even in these times of great challenge, you have the opportunity to shift your perspective and you still yeah. have the opportunity to achieve what it is you want to achieve. Even if the odds feel slimmer, 
your job is to continue to believe in that possibility and to be the best, most creative, most vibrant version of yourself you can be so you can connect with those opportunities more quickly and more readily, no matter the circumstances around you. Yes, exactly. Looking inwards. And this is also also one thing that I see a lot of uh, my clients actually said that uh, before in their job search experience that it's so lonely. Like yes. imagine that if it's you're, you're, you're doing this alone or you feel that you're you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, you're doing this alone and then it's like and then your mindset is deteriorating. So yes. it's like, ah, oh. so that's yes. what we're going to talk about today. Yes. <laughs> Just to give yes. you some insight. And Rachel is going to share some uh, th the three ways to keep successful, uh, mm -hmm. to keep a successful mindset during your job search. Mm -hmm. But I want to start with the beginnings and, and talk about mindset. So Rachel, I know that people all have different definitions, but how would you define yes. mindset? What's yes. your definition? Yeah. So for me, mindset is really actually about the set of beliefs that you carry to be true about yourself and about the world at large and about other people, about the way things work, right? And this is something that gets installed in us like a software program, essentially. We, we come with our beliefs, um, but rather... Yeah just out of the gate, you know, we, we do get some impressions and some implanting, I think, while we're in the womb as, as infants. But from the ages of zero to 14 as young children is really when this software is being installed and programmed within us. Um, because from the from those early ages on to about like your teenage years somewhere around, I think it's around 14, you become a little bit less susceptible. What's going on is that um, your brain is actually operating at a lower frequency. It's, it's primarily in a lower, slower brain wave, which is a lot mm -hmm. closer to a subconscious state than the um, typical adult brain waves that we function at. So as adults, we're usually walking around somewhere in the, the beta and the alpha states of frequency, which are faster moving brain waves yeah. and really good for focusing and for having critical thought and um, engaging in conversation, things like that. Children children are not there. Children are a lot more impressionable than we are. And they also, yeah. up to like the age of four or so, are entirely lacking this thing called the critical faculty, which is essentially the ability to gauge anything for themselves, to make any sort of yeah. whatsoever. So yeah. anything that a child sees or is exposed to in even the subtlest of ways is going directly into their subconscious and their psyche and storing itself as some kind of truth essentially, some kind of um, truism about the world. And that sounds yeah. really hard to understand. It's not like we walk around with like our set of 10 principles that we hold to be true. You know, we learn these things as, as young kids. It's much subtler than that. An example might be, you know, in grade school, uh, there was a time where you held your hand up for an hour, not an hour, for several minutes to be called on for an answer. And you just got passed over by the teacher every single yeah. time on every other kid before Frustrating. You, in there that kind of thing right? you get passed over for something and you probably go home you don't tell your parents about it you move on you know it's okay you might have been a little hurt in the moment it wasn't necessarily a watershed thing but then 30 years later you find yourself in your company realizing you got passed over to lead a new project and instead it's someone else in your um division who's getting to develop this new product whatever not you suddenly it brings up this old feeling this old yeah. story of like I didn't get picked, like what's wrong with me? And it yeah. might not present that way. It might just be this sense of like real like grief or loss or whatever it is. But often there's this deeper root if we can trace our way back to a way that we felt before. Um, yeah. Where that really started to teach us something about ourselves. And so it's not so easy for us to move on from little slights like this. You know, somebody else gets to lead the project. It doesn't mean that you're not qualified. It doesn't mean you won't lead another important project in the near future. It doesn't mean you're, you're anything about your success, really. It doesn't have to. But we might no. interpret it that way because we've experienced yeah. things in the past that remind us of this. And that will then color the way we feel and act moving forward. It's it's so interesting. It's like the meaning you give things because majority of things are just experiences. Like, And it's our meaning that labels it, whether it's good or bad, and we attach an emotion to to it so and that's how we form all of those uh of those those thoughts um and if it's too negative then it starts to affect our self-doubt and, and our confidence uh, definitely definitely so if if you look at it it's like what would you say that in the in the in the work life what are the common beliefs people hold on and just like think this is truth this is yeah. how it is Yes, I think like one of the most common beliefs that we're all susceptible to in the working world, especially, is this sort of fixed definition of success, right? And even success needing to have a linear path. 
And even yeah. though we might intellectually know that's not always the way it is, we have to go through failure to succeed, and it's okay if we need to make a lateral move or whatever, we don't experience that. We don't feel that way. We really feel that we need to be able to answer that dinner party question, like, what do you do, with some sort of smash hit, I wear this label, I've been um, promoted this many times, I manage this many people, I earn this much money, and there's all these different meanings and layers behind that that make us feel good about who we are, right? Yeah. We need to have this like strong identity and it's all about, um, it's all about um, external validation and being recognized for being smart or for being successful. Um, and there's really only so many moles that we ourselves are able to respect. And it really depends what industry you're in, right? Like if I'm an academic, I'm going to have different metrics for what makes me successful than somebody who is an account manager in an enterprise setting, right? But yeah. we all have our own markers and we all know where we, where we sit, how we're measuring up to our own internal markers. And oftentimes our internal yeah. markers, especially in the corporate world where there tend to be a lot of very ambitious and motivated people, our internal markers can be held very high, right? It can be yeah. very hard for us to feel like we're ever quite reaching them, especially because yeah. when you reach one rung, you suddenly have a new rung immediately ahead of yeah. you that you're not at yet. It's very hard to just take a moment to appreciate what you actually have done, who you are, what you have accomplished without feeling like there's always something more that needs to be attained. There's more yeah. more. And that pressure, that just like it never stops. It's like you hit one uh, one thing, and then you you want to hit another thing, and that's how people uh, have burnout and 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 so on. And you know, you talked about dinner parties, and um, one thing that I've seen so many times coming up now more than ever is if you're in between jobs, uh, when people keep on asking you like, "Oh, have you found a job yet?" <laughs> and in beginning, when it's like a couple of weeks, you said, "No, I'm still looking." I'm but if then weeks turn into months, turn mm -hmm. into almost a year, over a year, two years, and then it's like, oh my God, and that anger, not that anger, that shame. I think mm -hmm. it's shame that people feel like I yeah. should have already found something. Why haven't uh, haven't I? Um, so what else do you think like is how how else is mindset affecting us? Like, yeah. Basically, like if we break it down, like there's a myriad ways that mindset will affect us. I think that really covers it well, like the way we feel about ourselves, right? Yeah. And it's contextual, you know, we're responding to things that are happening to us, we're responding to um, the amount of time it takes us to achieve a certain goal, we're responding yeah. to um, comments we receive, we're responding to, uh, you know, other people's wins or successes on social media and starting yeah. to like, I thought I was going to be in that place this time of yeah. year, I'm not, and suddenly like we're very susceptible to feeling like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not where I need to be. Um, and it's all often to do with other people and what they think of us, right? Yeah. And certainly yeah. there's our own internal markers. Again, there's what we want, some of that's genuine and some of that's valid and some of that is genuinely aligned with what we need to be happy as well, if it's basic income and things like that. But so much of it is really actually also a narrative and a way that we view ourselves, an identity that we want to be able to present into the world so that we can have the approval of other people. And as long as you are seeking the approval of other people, which is a very natural human thing. I don't mean to shame anyone. It's very natural. Yeah. No. But as long as you are seeking that and dependent on that, and even more so as long as you're unconscious of that fact, yeah. uh, the more you're going to try to manipulate your behavior and, and change or shape who you are to fit what you perceive other people wanting or needing or thinking of you. And yeah. that is actually really like, ironically, the kiss of death. Because the more we try to fit in, the more we try to bend over and fit into a box or perform or hit a certain mark, the harder it is. That's classic performance. Pressure, yeah. right? It's classic performance pressure. The more that we can actually relax and bring ourselves down into a calmer state where we're more in touch with uh, our actual inner voice that's um, creative, clear minded, um, insightful, not pressured, not worried about what other people have done, thought, or contributed on a particular front. Mm -hmm the better we communicate and the better we come across. So I always yeah. give like this very simple thought experiment. Um, just imagine yourself how you are in your day-to-day -day life, you know, back when you were in an office and you're rushing yep. around to hit all the steps of your routine. There's really no wiggle room. Everything is a hurry. Everything is always a little bit stressful. You know, things go wrong. Um, you spill something on your shirt at lunch. It's easy to be <laughs> little stuff, little bombs going off all day long, laminates to step on. And by the end of the day, you're just kind of like 
oh, you, yeah, you're just like done, right? You're kind of done. Glass of wine. Or two glasses of wine. Exactly. A couple bottle of wine. So you go to the pub or the bar or whatever, and you walk in and you've got this mood, like this rain cloud over your head because you need the wine. Yeah. Right? You're just done with this day. And yeah. you go hunch over in your corner and you have like a little bit of a like a, a wine fest with your friend who you meet from their office. And it's great. Everybody leaves you alone. And then you go home and you pass out and whatever you do it again. Now, imagine by contrast that you're you're on vacation right? You're in some exotic location. Maybe you're in a city if that's your kind of travel. And you got there that morning. You're refreshed. You took a nap. You're wearing your new like vacation outfit. Women will relate. Um, and you're just, you're feeling fresh. You, you don't know the place. You have this sort of beginner's mindset about it. And you just go out to explore. And there's no expectations. There's no pressure. You're just here to have a bit of fun. You actually have your email responder on. So you're not thinking about any of the stresses that you left at home. You don't have to do the laundry, any of it. And you walk into a restaurant or a pub or a social setting. And people just turn their heads and smile at you. Right? It's like sunflowers turning their face at the sun. Because you're oh. getting this like <laughs> different, like yeah. projected energy. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. That's the difference of a great mindset and one that is trying to people please or fit into a mold or that is worse worse than everything, running a critical inner voice and telling you how you're not good enough. You always bomb the interview. Your experience doesn't match up to the resume, yada, 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 like getting into yeah, it. Yeah, you never get promoted. Everything's yeah. like always like it's a negative spiral. And people think it's like uh, they, they label other people, and I've, I'm so passionate mm -hmm. about this, but I've never been able to articulate it, so I'm glad you're here. But mm -hmm. it's like people label other people, oh, they're just lucky. Yeah. They, look how lucky they are. Yeah. And, it, and it's not luck. It's like yeah. you create your reality, isn't it? It's yeah. like how you look at the experiences and how detached you are and how you just let it flow rather than to constantly push things and make things happen because this is how we are uh, we have learned to to do things like we have to meet certain kpis and if we do that then this result will will happen it's like uh trusting too much on the activity with the the, the soulless activity rather than actually having aligned action behind it and also feeling really attached to the outcomes and what they yes. need. Like, and it's good yes. to be goal-oriented. We need those things to drive towards, right? Like as a product manager, it was always about, but it was always experimental, right? It was like, okay, here's, I want to reduce user churn, right? And here are some ways I might go about it. Here's my best hypothesis. So let's try to quickly design a test that we can run to see what sort of impact that might have. And I didn't get yeah. upset, <laughs> you know, and go cry about it if I didn't see conversions on whatever new feature I started to test with. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not resonating for some reason. What could it be? And you divert and you try something new, right? You pivot, so to speak. Yeah. Um, when it comes to our personal lives and our own performance and our own behavior, these deep seated, deep planted stories start flaring up. And it's very hard for us to maintain that neutral perspective on ourselves yeah. and on our goals as well. Yes, exactly. So how, how do we change this? How do we improve our yeah. mindset? Now we know the importance. Now yeah. we know where, what it can cause when it goes wrong. Like, what do we do, Rach? There's so many ways. There's so many ways. And I'm sure in any sort of wellness publication or even um, in the corporate world now, there's more anti-stress and anti-anxiety um, measures coming out um, that you can follow both on a habitual and daily basis and then also in a moment-to-moment -moment basis. Like when things pop up, there are response strategies you can use to de-escalate your stress or to de-escalate a negative response to a situation. Um, the first thing I really want people to know is, well, first let me touch on this because you just said something about comparing ourselves to other people. People. We were on that. Yeah. And I want to just suggest to anybody who sees this, that one of the most medicinal things you can do if you aren't already in the habit of doing this is to read um, the stories of, of real successes. I love memoir and I love autobiography for this. Yeah. Um, you know, one that I read recently and I hadn't before was um, Phil Knight of Nike's book, Shoe Dog, recounting yeah. the first 10 years or so of Nike. And what an absolute chaotic train wreck. Yeah situation that was with lawsuits and your bankruptcy and all kinds of things for 10 solid yeah. years of Nike, yeah. right? Wow. <laughs> right? Wasn't like, it the, like the, uh, oh yeah, it uh, was like similar to that, but it wasn't Nike. It was uh, 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 Gordon. Oh, yeah, Michael Gordon. 
Michael Jordan. Jordan, basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> His most famous quote is that I miss yeah. 99 shots or something, right? Or yes. I'll butcher it, but yeah. that's yeah. Like he just shows them, tries and tries again, and he doesn't let those failures get him back. And no, so what those exactly. people are doing is they are adopting a true growth mindset. And I know a lot of people yeah. know the buzzword growth mindset because we've talked about it in the corporate lexicon for some time now. What it means is that yes, as individuals, we have the ability to grow, change, learn, and adapt. Yeah. None of our abilities, not even our intellect, really, not our charisma, not our personal or not our our public speaking abilities. None of it's fixed. We can actually grow anything, anything we want to due to this concept of a property of the brain that we'll touch on neuroplasticity. But the true um, key to the growth mindset is not just knowing that and acknowledging the specialness of the human brain. It's also being willing to look at failures and being to live with your setbacks and actually harness them productively as painful as it might be right so michael jordan shots, and he keeps showing up and he's like what's going on like what is wrong with my mechanics here on those last yeah. 10 shots that i can improve and tweak and try again from rather than get yes. like yeah 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 and 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 really like sitting in that and really thinking like what can i take away how can i mm-hmm. change what i've been doing to make it better instead of like yeah. trying it once two times maybe three times and then actually go away with the feeling that you're a failure um yes. and that it didn't work out it's, it's like, natural it's really not natural for most of us because i think that going back to the childhood years and how our beliefs are formulated and all of that many of us grow up in systems especially in the western westernized systems where um the school systems are very much about fitting a mold right you know scoring 100 or scoring a 4.0 gpa is the thing you want to attain yeah. Um, it's very rules based. It's very, um, it's, it's, it sort of lends itself to perfectionistic tendencies. It lends itself to wanting to fit in and achieve very certain standards and goals. Um, and so anything that doesn't, uh, meet that standard and meet that mark leads you to feel all these ways that we've been describing right now, not smart enough, all these things. And rather than being able to take our mistakes and learn from them, we just kind of end it there because oftentimes we don't have the, the support that we need from our teachers or from our parents or caretakers to coach us through those setbacks and to actually dig in with us on the yes. and on the failures and things like that. And that's no failure of the system. It is maybe a failure of the system, but it's something that we just haven't recognized yet. As a yeah. So, yes. And it gets fed and, re- and re- reinforced by everything. It's not, not only the school system, but um, like you come home and you have your parents that uh, expect certain things based on that system. So it's just all connected. And then you look for employment and then they're looking for, okay, in the beginning, they, they see all the grades of the students. It's like, okay, you need high grades to enter in that profession. It's like, oh, it's all like, it determines, so much is determined for mm-hmm. you that you like, mm-hmm. like, I can't show and shine my, ta- my true talent or my, my true self. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing because the people who break the mold the most are the people who become the most, um, you know, sort of uh, renowned or respected in their fields are, are the ones who break the mold the most often, who, who do things a little bit differently and who stand out for, for good and bad. You know, there will always be detractors of people who are standing out. But that's not to derail us. What I want to move on to next is just what you were leading into this notion that actually this is all within our control, right? We yeah. have very simple means of repatterning, rewriting some of this software and changing some of these deeply held beliefs around ourselves. Um, yeah. Subconscious level where, where they kind of get implanted and at the conscious level day to day and through our habits and routines. So yeah. I just want to touch a little bit on the, the the science behind that, what I know of it to be true, um, my brief studies of, of neuroplasticity. Um, what I understand is that every single human being has the same property of neuroplasticity. Every single human brain is capable of growing new neurons and making new synaptic connections, um, which for our purposes, all that means is that you can actually change the way you think. You can yeah. change your responses to things. You can repattern those uh, habituated responses that you might have to being skipped over for a project, right? So that somewhere down the line, that could happen to you again, and it simply wouldn't bother you. It wouldn't change yeah. the way you, you think or feel about yourself, and it wouldn't change the way you think or feel about your colleagues or how you respond to them in future situations. None of that. Um, and so so with neuroplasticity, there's really two keys. We have this at any age, by the way. So it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. Humans have neuroplasticity. Yeah from the day they're born to the day they die. And um, 
the two keys to it are really to engaging it and to making it, to making it, to leveraging it in your life are one, learning and engaging with whatever material or thought pattern or new habit it is that you want to cement, engaging with that mm -hmm. in a new way and learning. Um, and then the second is through repetition. So repetition, repetition, repetition. They use the phrase use it or lose it a lot in the, the, the context of neuroplasticity. Um, yeah. And I do like to distinguish the two because when we talk about the school system, a lot of the learning we do is more about like rote memorization and just being able to yes. back. But learning is different than that, right? Like yeah. learning is actually often the best way to learn something is to teach it or yeah. to write it down or to do something with it that is not just not just receiving the information. So, sorry. Go so, ahead. what would be an exam an example yeah. of yeah. that? Yeah, I think it would be useful if we talk about like what you might want to change, right? Like yeah. if you can identify, and this goes back to again, the first step for anybody who wants to have a healthier and happier mindset is to begin identifying like your stories and the things yeah. that are holding you back, the things that are making you feel less than your best. And so the way I recommend you doing that is just by auditing your thoughts a little bit, like go about your day and see how your brain is talking to you, right? That little yeah. voice inside your head. What is it saying to you, especially when it comes across tricky things? Like for instance, somebody in your network who used to work with got a promotion and you're like, oh, that stinks. I thought, you know, I, I really wish I were getting promoted at this time in my career or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling, and it might affect you for the next few hours, right? That's yeah. a good to exactly. pause and be like, why am I feeling this way? What does this say about me? And just question, just get a little bit curious about why you're feeling bad about a certain yeah. situation, right? That has nothing to do with you, usually. Yeah, yeah. That's one good way, and that will, that will usually lead you to some insight. You know, just hearing what the voice is telling you will identify some of those stories and some of those beliefs that you're carrying around with you. It might be, yeah. like, I never get promoted. That could be the story. Um, Another good way of doing this is to actually hold one of your goals in mind. So if you're going for something intentionally right now, maybe it is a new job, um, yeah. you know, you write down on paper, like I, as if it already exists, as if you're already in a situation, I am a senior project manager in a multinational company earning this amount of money. And yeah. it won't take the brain but a second to object to that, right? You know, it's not currently <laughs> true, right? So the brain's going to be like, who are you kidding, Rachel? Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I don't have enough connections in that field. I've never earned that much money before. I've been unemployed for six months already, whatever the case may be. Like all of these thoughts, I guarantee you are yeah. pushing forward, right? And you can write some of them down. And then you sit with those and you're like, okay, that's what I need to work on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's the identification. So that's, that's the second part then. Mm -hmm. I need to work on it. So the first part is identifying them. So once you have a list and let's, let's start with one because people actually like if this is an uncertain time, so you might have so mm -hmm. many things that you want to achieve and that, that are not happening the way you want. Yeah. So just pick one, make yeah. a list of five to 10 objections. And then once you have that, what do you do then? Mm -hmm. Well, you first, you'll also be able to know probably which is the most painful to you. So just read through them and you can even score them okay. zero to 10. How much yeah. emotion do I feel when I read this, whatever the emotion may be. And then once you have those beliefs written down, I want you to take the growth mindset and apply it to the beliefs. And the growth mindset is really all about seeing the, it's the optimist side. It's seeing the constructive view into something, right? Which is yeah. else might be true. Right. So one belief that I hear a lot these days, and this is also, it's factual, right? The belief is, okay, the job market is really tough right now. And yeah. that's not really like the belief. That's, that's true. That's a fact. The job market is really tough right now. So what does that mean for you? Because you personally are going to have your own ender to that statement. It might be the job market is really tough right now. And I'm not that competitive for mm. the particular role. There's probably something that's a little bit more personal in there, right? Because yeah. you really believe that you're a 100% match for the thing that it is that you want. It doesn't matter that job market's tough, right? Yeah. Like there will be fewer roles, but you'll know that you can go out and get yeah. one if you so try, right? And so, that's what what's, what other people say. So some people say it's like the job market is tough and that's why I'm not getting a job. So yeah. Yeah. I see that over and over getting yeah. uh, coming that they yeah. So yes, I'm with you. The job market is tough. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's 100%. And it's, it's easy to fall prey to those things that feel like evidence, right? Because there is sometimes there is evidence, you know, it, it might be true that you have applied for 47 jobs and not gotten a single interview, right? Okay, well, so the growth mindset is to look at that. And firstly, to go and review the way you've been applying for those jobs, and to mm -hmm. ask yourself what might be improved. And if you need some help with that, seeking support, whether that's just on the internet searching or through a coach or through mm -hmm. a group or through friends, through mentors, whatever the case may be, right? Because you might have something to, to genuinely learn from that experience yeah. and be open to that, be willing to learn, be willing to improve. Um, yeah. But your other job moving forward is to not let that define you and to not let that define your future success. So you need to think about other ways you can look at this. Like, yes, this is true so far. So far, I've applied to this many jobs and I haven't gotten a single interview. And most likely what your brain is going to autocomplete with is there must be something wrong with me, right? Yeah. Like my resume isn't good enough. And that's where I really want you to begin your, your work of reframing the beliefs because that's about your self-concept. And that's something that you have every right to change in this moment, anytime mm -hmm. Any any day, any day, any year, you always have the right to change yourself, yeah. right? Um, so that you can then more easily go and accrue evidence in favor of this new self concept. So I would encourage you to just take the self concept, whatever it is. You know, maybe it's my resume is too scattered, something like that. My yeah. resume is too scattered. What else could be true? Um, yeah. how, you know, you, you need to think about your particular situation. Like what other questions can lead you to a more constructive way of looking at this? So my, my resume is too scattered. What else might employers value about me? You know, what have I leveraged in the past to get a job? Um, how is the job market changing with regards to work experience, right? Is there other evidence yeah. out there that exists that maybe it's okay for me to be this way these days? Um, you know, maybe I have a lot of value to offer a young startup that wants the proverbial many hats wearer, right? You know, <laughs> there, there's many different ways that you can reframe that statement about yourself to be a yeah. lot more constructive. Yes, instead of like looking at it only from one angle and labeling it and then actually attaching a meaning to it and then um, having yourself like involved with it like looking at the different options mm -hmm. so, so to bring it back to the specific steps that people can take mm -hmm. yeah. is like okay they identify um would you say those are the the beliefs or the stories or yeah, yeah. the beliefs that they have yeah. and then the second step would be um uh, how to reframe it isn't it or yeah. Like exactly. how to look at it from a from a from a different angle, and to really like uh, see what what else evidence, what else, what other evidence is yeah. out there, basically. Yes. yes. And, and what's next then? <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's a great question. So sometimes people want to say, you know, I just want to think the opposite is true. Like I'm just going to positive affirmation this. Like, I, uh, you know, maybe you're dealing with imposter syndrome, and inside your head you secretly think I'm really bad at my job, and so you're tempted to reframe it and just think. I'm really good at my job <laughs> and kind of go like zero to 100. And that's going to yeah. be hard to, it's going to be hard to, hard to, hard to believe, right? If you're yeah. that maybe you're inadequate in some way, but you might be able to just take the middle step, which is I'm new at my job or yeah. I'm new at this company, or I haven't been on this kind of team yet and I'm learning and I'm doing a good job learning these skills. And that's enough for where I am right now. Right. So always be open yeah. to that middle step. Once you have a reframe in mind, um, the yeah. third step, the most crucial step is to actually do the work of repatterning it or rewriting that software so you can sort of reinstall a new, more affirming belief that will serve you better in your day-to-day -day life. And there's a number of ways that you can do this. Um, I've already alluded to this. I love to work with my clients at the subconscious level and try to get more direct access to that sort of fertile ground where we're more impressionable and more open to just believing new things when we can access it. But at the conscious layer, the easiest and most immediately actionable way for people to begin using these reframes is to mainly just recite them to themselves, like affirmation yeah. style. And I also like to encourage people to leverage both of those keys to neuroplasticity. So there's the repetition piece. So you could quite yeah. simply walk around repeating this new, more positive story to yourself for an hour of the day or anytime you're driving in your car or even record it into your voice notes on your iPhone and play it to yourself um, as you go for a walk or you sleep at night or something yeah. like that. 
Um, exactly. But also try to like engage with it in another way. Like get get uh, get creative about it. So you might take your new reframed belief and write um, write an essay or a story about it, like how you would think or act if you were this way, if this were true, yes. the current situation that you're in and really do something to engage with the idea and make it sink into your mind a little bit more easily. Um, see new sides to it and begin to accept it as potential reality for you. Um, yep. That's the simple, that's kind of the most, I think, easily applicable advice that anybody can start following straight away. But with your affirma affirmations, you have to make sure it's not just the opposite. It's really something that you can believe and that you buy into. Because otherwise, again, they're not going to work, right? It's, it's like putting a Band-Aid on, on, a, on a, like a, a gushing wound, right? Like a small little Band-Aid on a gushing wound. That's kind of a, a, a vibrant description of that. But you know what I mean? Like it's not going to, not actually going to heal, heal the issue, right? It's yeah. just going to plaster over it and try to pretend that things are okay. And then you're still going to end up with like an infection and a scar, yeah. right? So, so this is where the subconscious work can actually be really powerful because if you can start to sort of uproot the more negative stories that you carry about yourself, especially the ones that come from childhood and are now just manifesting themselves in, in your day-to-day -day life and some other clothing, right? Um, the more easily you will be able to accept a truly positive statement, like I am really good at what I do. But there's yeah. a little clearing that needs to be done first, usually for yeah. most people. Yeah, to get to that root cause. Yes. So, and what what tools would you say for that kind of clearing that we can use? Yeah. So I've got three favorites that I have personal experience with, and I'm sure there are there are others, but these are the three that I'm most familiar with. And so they are. You've heard this one before, but daily meditation practice, right? Mm -hmm. Daily meditation practice. You know, we talk about all of the health benefits all of the benefits, the mental health in particular. And the reason it's great for, um, for sort of purging and getting rid of old stories is because it's literally changing your brain. It's fundamentally yeah. altering the brain so that you are much less likely to have a stress response. And really those stress responses are what's driving the fearful thinking or the stressful thinking or the overthinking around your personal abilities, your personal worth, whatever the case may be. Um, so the more yeah. you alter the brain to be in a relaxed state, um, the, the less likely you are to even have these self-doubting thoughts. It's like they're cut off at the root and you start to have this, you walk around as if your brain is on autocorrect all the time. Um, yeah. And you meditate, right, Caroline? Oh, I love meditation. And it took me a while to get into it. And so um, what would be your advice for people yeah. who have never meditated? Yeah. Because it's daunting. Like, I can't sit still. I hear yeah. thoughts all the time. I yeah. can't quiet in my mind. Yeah. And so what's your advice or what's your take, take on this? 100% how it is. And meditation, for most people, it's like eating your vegetables or taking a vitamin, right? Like, it's one of these things that we don't love to do. We know it's good for us. Mm -hmm. We've heard it a thousand times how important it is. But it's hard mm -hmm. to see the benefits right up front. You don't, you don't feel or experience benefits of meditation right away. So no. first of all, to anybody who is learning to meditate and is sitting down and having a go of it and trying to follow traditional advice on the internet, I want you to know that if you're sitting there and you're hearing a million thoughts and you're really hating the experience, you're doing it right. <laughs> That's a very good way of looking at it. Absolutely. And as long as you'll just sit there and keep sitting there and try to do that for, I would say, like a minimum of 10 minutes a day, just doing that in silence, complete silence, sitting in a comfortable, upright posture. This is the most basic form of meditation there is. And having silence, no music, no input, no anything. Um, you're meditating. And you can hate it as much as you'd like, but as long as you develop the practice, over time you are going to see those changes and you are going to slowly, slowly witness some results. Um, yeah. Now, to make it easier to sort of reduce the reduce the, the barrier to entry, if you will, for new meditators, there's a few other like hacks and, and ways to placate the mind and placate the, the objections that we often feel. And um, I know you and I both are fans of the meditation apps so everybody yeah. out there has probably tried Headspace, but Headspace can be a really great way to do it. Yeah. Um, I also love the app Insight Timer, which has a great selection of soundtracks and things that just kind of make you feel like you're in this like Zen zone and you're ready to sit down and do it, right? Um, yeah. But when I use Calm, I love Calm. Yes, it's ambient noise. It's, it's, I think it's, and it's also like has a breathing exercise. So I like breathing and being conscious about breathing because we don't think 
about breathing. <laughs> That's another great way to ease into your meditation practice is just to do some really slow, deep breathing because that also starts yeah. to activate the body's parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system and relaxation yeah. so you can get into the meditative state easier. Um, yeah. Another tip though, just if when when things go back to normal or when we have group gatherings again in the future, um, I really loved going to group meditation experiences. So you might be able to find like a local Buddhist center where they will run often donation-based meditations. And you can go and just sit in that silence with a bunch of other people and have the sort of awkward social pressure of having committed to <laughs> committed to <laughs> there and sitting it out and forcing you through it. And you also get to sort of sense how other people are experiencing it just from being around them and you'll begin to yeah. witness how it's having it's working its magic on others around you and then you can start to see what the results yeah. might look like secondhand just from being around it through a group setting yeah. is an option again it's a good way to get started perfect so yes so we have meditation what are what are yeah. the other two you said you had three yeah. Yeah, so the other two, um, just for hypnosis and then EFT, the emotional freedom technique. And that's the one that I am a practitioner of. Um, and we'll get into more detail if we do a follow up call. But to touch on hypnosis really quickly, the way hypnosis works, similar to meditation and actually to EFT as well, the aim of a, of a hypnotist, of a trained hypnotherapist, is to bring you into a deeply relaxed state. That's it. It's very simple. There's no like magic. Yeah. It's not voodoo. It's not what people sometimes conceptualize it as being. Um, yeah, and then you're gonna get you're going to suddenly like pull a rabbit out of a hat and then like hop around and on a pogo stick or something like that on stage to entertain people. No, it's really just about getting the brain down to that relaxed, um, slower brain wave, similar to when you were a child, like the theta, the theta brain waves, where you again have more direct access to the subconscious. Yeah. And so with hypnosis, like there are ways you can do this on your own and there are myriad YouTube meditations and insight timer um, meditations that are offering hypnosis where they yeah. relax you down and then they'll just say some positive statements to you and they'll try to give you those sort of band-aid affirmations like I'm I'm wealthy, I'm 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 confident, I'm I'm capable and whatever. I'm successful. I'm yeah. successful, right? And that stuff can be nice. I'm not against it. But with hypnosis, I really do recommend that you go out and look for, if this is something that interests you, you look for a qualified therapist, somebody who's certified in hypnosis techniques. Because what they do mm -hmm. is they work with you to begin to identify the root of your personal stories and your limiting beliefs. And they understand where that comes from better than any of us can on our own, right? We just sometimes takes them yeah. out of you to help you see these things. And then they, yeah. go, they relax you and they bring you to that subconscious state and they help you to work through those memories or those stories in really constructive ways. So you can then build your way to that more positive affirmation or way of thinking about yourself. And they help yes. you frame that by speaking to your subconscious from their own conscious position. Yeah. I think it's like with anything, it's like when it's customized to you and when the advice is customized to you, it's so much more powerful and effective. Yeah. And um, like, yes, you have like, I use self-hypnosis apps mm -hmm. uh, or one in, yeah. in particular, but it's like you need to, it's, it's not delving deep enough to actually get the desired effect because yeah. you're not, it's all like what we said earlier, it's all about your buy-in, your belief in yeah. whatever it is that you try to uh, imprint yes. on, on your sub subconscious mind. Yeah. Yeah, and even, you know, for me, I'm somebody who does a lot of work to develop self-awareness. I journal all the time. I meditate, all this good stuff. And I'm always learning new things about myself. And, and, and I'm always being surprised by it, right? And sometimes in a simple conversation with a friend, they'll be like, huh, never thought about it that way. And it just would not have occurred to me if somebody hadn't been there outside of me to mirror it back to me. And so, yeah, there's absolutely a lot of value, especially in having a skilled professional who, can, who knows what to look for, essentially, who knows the right questions to ask to see these things for you. Yeah. Exactly. Now, the third technique you said, uh, EFT, uh, emotional freedom technique, and we're going to go more in detail next week with that. But can you give a little bit of an overview with yeah. what what it is if people don't know it? Yeah, absolutely. So the emotional freedom technique is my favorite of the three. I'm, of course, biased because I'm a practitioner. I'm training in it, studying it, using it myself a lot. The reason I love this technique the most is because um, beyond simple affirmations and sort of talking to yourself and trying to 
adopt new beliefs, it's actually the quickest and most accessible way to start to access some of those subconscious stories and repattern things in a deeper and more um, sustainable way. Because the way EFT works is on the emotions. So the theory with EFT is that um, any single event that happens to us in our lives, like for instance, that moment in school where you're raising your hand and not getting called on, um, that yeah. sort of has an emotional charge to it. The memory has an emotional charge to it. You know, you might be able to envision yourself in third grade, you know, being ignored or bullied or whatever, and you feel just like you did in third grade again, right? That feeling is still very present for you somewhere in, in, in yeah. your system, right? And so with EFT, we talk about these things. We talk about the thing that's bothering us. We talk about the thing that has a negative emotional charge. Like I didn't get the promotion. I bombed the interview. Um, I've been job searching for ages and I'm really exhausted by it. Whatever the case is. We yeah. talk about it. And as we do, we, we tap on these, um, points on our body that come from Chinese acupuncture. They're connected to the meridian lines of the body. And um, I don't know a lot about acupuncture, but what I do know from all of the double blind studies that have been run on EFT is that simply using your fingertips to tap on these points actually sends little electrochemical signals to the brain to again, activate that parasympathetic nervous system, relax the body and begin to take you down into a state where you're more susceptible to change, right? Yeah. You Get no, that's what you want. Yes, exactly. That's what you want to make sustainable change to the psyche. And it's also um, really useful just to any time of day. If you're feeling one of these reactions, if you're feeling totally flustered um, after an interview or before an interview, you can really simply use EFT and just the tapping points to work yourself down from some of that anxiety that you're feeling so that you can go into yeah. the interview a little bit more confident and clear-headed moment to moment. Yeah. It doesn't require you to sit and meditate. It doesn't require you to go to yoga class or go for a run or any of that stuff. It's so simple and fast fast and effective yeah. um you can do it anyway yes you can do it anywhere you can do it in public toilet <laughs> you, you know <laughs> you, like talking to yourself and touching your body but um it's very yeah. easy to fit in anytime anywhere so that's had great results for me and for some of my clients as well and clearing some of the stuff that they feel bad about that they feel shame about they feel worried about so that they can yeah. then go and make better more positive moves um towards their goals Yes, exactly. All right. So um, let's summarize everything because we actually covered so much during uh, this this call. So um, in summary, so the first thing that people need to do is identify their, their beliefs. Yeah. And they can do it by, I love your simple strategy, is yeah. writing down what you want to achieve and then let them brain or mind actually come up with resistance like you fool you can't do that like you're not good enough blah 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 yeah. you've yeah. never earned so much money and write down all those objections yeah. um or yeah. those like stories uh blocking mm -hmm. beliefs or limiting beliefs yep. um once they have that, uh then they actually start to have to think about a reframe mm -hmm. and that reframe needs to be something that they believe it can't be just the opposite but something that they think is credible and those things could be like i'm i'm learning to love myself more i'm uh, learning to job search i'm learning or brushing up my interview skills or whatever it is or i'm just new in this job and that's why it's more challenging for me so and they make a list of that and so then they identified what it is that's that's blocking them and then they can use one of those three uh things to really add affirmations or yeah. the meditation actually yep. it's meditation how okay so this is my question the uh, last one mm. um how would a meditation help to resolve that limiting belief? Because I can see yourself in this uh, if you go to a practitioner and EFT, but how does meditation specifically yeah. help? Yeah. Um, you know, I can't really speak to the science of that. I suspect it has to do with just the fact that you, you literally rewire your brain through meditation to become less reactive. And so, you know, one of those thoughts or beliefs might flare up in response to something, but what will happen is that you won't react to it. And your brain, yeah. rather than then looping into how true that is and to all the other things that make that true, will stop it in its tracks very naturally. Yeah. And it will say, hmm, or, you know, it's just been, that person had a tough day. Or, you know, yeah. you know, it just hasn't worked out yet and it's fine. And it's literally yeah. how it feels like autocorrect. 
And, 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 that, and you might even sit there in meditation and have all these thoughts come up and that makes it really hard to sit through. The more you can just breathe and sit and be peaceful with it and accept it for being there and then move on with your day, the more you'll develop that response of, that's okay, yeah. there, but I'm gonna keep moving. Exactly. So uh, so the three techniques are the meditation, hypnosis, and best to go to a practitioner to really delve deep and um, address the root cause of whatever limiting belief you have. And then the third one is the emotional freedom technique, tapping, as people call it. And what we will do in our next session is we will dive deeper in tapping and what that could mean for you and how you can actually uh, use that on a daily basis or even as a situational basis to help you move move out of that limiting or stuckness and move forward uh, with whatever you you want to move forward with. Exactly. Is that about? Is that a, a wrap up? <laughs> yeah, I that. I think if there's one, just one constructive, empowering belief I would wish for everybody to adopt today, especially those in the job search, is to remember that this is true no matter who you are. Your past results do not predict your future success. I know that's like the the school counselor um, poster with the rainbow and, and beach feet on the beach, but it's so true. Your past results do not predict your future success, and that's true for everybody. So oh, I love it. That belief. If you need a place to start. Yeah. Definitely. Now, before we clock off, um, where can people reach out to you? How can they find more about you? Yeah. They can obviously connect with you on LinkedIn if they're yep. not connected with you. Yep. They're welcome to find me on LinkedIn. And then I'm also, you can find me at my website, which is honestday.work. My platform is called Honest Day and the URL is honestday.work. Perfect. Brilliant. So like I said, next time, uh, so it will be next Tuesday, isn't it? Is it Tuesday in the in States? Yes. It is Monday. Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> but it's Monday. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, evening before time travel. Exactly. So Monday evening, Tuesday morning, uh, in Australia, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> or in Sydney. <laughs> um, we will talk more about EFT. And so, if you have any questions in the meantime, uh, please private message me or Rachel. Uh, if you have any questions, I'm more than happy to address it um, or like bring it up next time uh, in our next uh, um, live call. Thank you so much for uh, being here, Rachel. Um, and I'm uh, super glad we're addressing this because it's such an important topic to talk about. Uh, like I said in the beginning, I can teach anybody the tactics, but if they don't have the right mindset, it's never going to work. So perfect. Thank you so much. I loved it. Talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Career Disruptors podcast. If you did, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. And if you want to take the next step in your career and you want to discover how I can help you, head over to my website, newhorizoncoaching.com.au and discover how we can work together or download any of my free resources. Thanks again and I'll connect with you on the next episode.